You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Steve Peters and Craig Morgan. Craig, how was your birthday weekend besides the ugly loss by the Coyotes on Saturday night? We celebrated on Sunday and you guys saw I sent you a picture. We uh, we went out to dinner at Chibo. I've heard good things. Great pizzeria, great dining room uh, in downtown Phoenix. Um, we had, we actually had breakfast out that morning at a spot we love in Gilbert. I got a massage. Not gonna lie, that was pretty good too. So wow, the uh, <laughs> Manny too there, Craig. <laughs> no Manny Petty. I asked for it, but but nobody delivered on that wish. So <laughs> you know, the, the, every time I question you, you, just get a little more bougie. Yeah, yeah I get a massage. <laughs> no big deal. You know, I, my hands are feeling a little, uh, what we call blue collarish right now. So, <laughs> time, to, time to get some uh, Pel- moisturizer, massage, and get your. To go way out. off topic, I once had a like a 15 minute conversation with Larry Fitzgerald about manicures because he gets <laughs> all the time. I mean, he and he can tell you like, you know how guys like to clip their nails really short. He's like, that's not that's not what you're supposed to do. It's not helping for the nails at all, Craig. <laughs> not us off on this this discussion about manicures. It's hilarious. I think men should get manicures and pedicures. Why aren't men prioritizing their self care too? That's just throwing that out there. Well, we know that Petey does because a uh, man could he read those manscape reads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. I do some grooming, but it sure as hell ain't my toenails and my fingernails. I, I'll stop doing my own toenails when I can't reach them anymore, which maybe sooner <laughs> oh than my later. God. <laughs> I'm in my fifties. Oh, it's hard. Lord. Can't see it on reader glasses just to cut my toenails. Yeah, that's probably oh. a greater challenge, right? Actually seeing them. Can't see it. Yeah, like cut something else instead. <laughs> get wounded. Oh Lord! All right, well, let's for let's the get on people topic. People are still listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys. So wow. we, I know, right? I tuned out five minutes ago. Um, so we haven't done a around the NHL episode in a while, checking in on just the latest happening. So we're going to be doing that um, today. But let's just start with some Coyotes news. Craig, today some news about Johan Larson's injury came out. What do we know about that? Yeah, I was told that he's been playing with a groin injury for most of the season. This since early in the season, it you know, and which is 
classic hockey players, right? And but apparently it's just it's gotten worse recently. Uh, the, the 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 thought is it's it's moved up and it's it looks like it might be a sports hernia right now. He was going to see a specialist today, trending towards surgery. Um, but the extent of the damage will will dictate the timeline. Um, there is hope that he'll be back sooner, like by the trade deadline, which which was really important, of course, because he's a he's a, an attractive piece for a number of teams. But if it's more extensive, he could be out until late April. So we'll have to wait to see what happens there. But just bad news for Johan Larson, who's really been playing well. It's been almost like a point per game player over his last dozen games has really found his offense, which is amazing to say when you hear what's going on with it. <laughs> For sure. Do you think if it is a longer term injury, like that could affect his trade value? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, listen, I, if it's the shorter term and, and teams say, okay, well, it sounds like he's going to be back. It still gives you some hesitation as a GM wondering, you know, are we giving up an asset for a guy we don't know is going to be fully healthy? Um, but but if you look, if the prognosis is if we get close to the deadline and he's already skating again, that's a pretty indi- good indication that he's going to come back. But if it's longer term, I don't know. I don't know if you take that gamble giving up an asset on a guy that simply might not be available to play in the playoffs. So that's, that's a pretty important distinction. And that's one of the things we've talked about with the trade deadline with this team. We keep talking about players like Phil Kessel or Jacob Chikrin. It's more of the role players. It's Johan Larson. It's Travis Boyd. Um, it's those kind of guys that are going to be leaving, I would almost say, with some some level of certainty, again, if, if everybody's healthy, because those are the pieces the teams are looking for to help get them over the hump. The guys can play in your bottom six, play 200 feet, play defensive hockey, and still chip on offensively. So I I'm really interested to see what this team is going to look like following the trade deadline. It could be, <laughs> oof, oh boy, they could be decimated. Yeah, exactly. And, and oh, where's that gosh. roster going to be? The battle for the basement is really heating up. It really is. Um, I guess we can get to that right now. Um, Montreal still sits behind Arizona in points, 23 points to Arizona's 24, but Arizona has a game in hand and has 10 wins versus the Canadians' eight wins. <laughs> um, but Carey Price did have a press conference yesterday. It was his first time speaking to the media since July, um, first time speaking to the media since going into the player assistance program. Um, he said that he had some unforeseen setbacks recovering from his knee surgery over the summer, unsure of his odds to return this season. He's been skating. Um, but he did kind of say that he wants to stay a Montreal Canadian, which for Canadians fans, positive. But on the flip side, it doesn't – that press conference didn't really answer no. any questions, any any short-term questions for Canadians fans. It was frustrating, wasn't it? Because you're, you're like, oh, he's finally in front of the camera. We're going to hear some news. No, nah, not really. And, and listen, Carey Price's health is the first thing. You know, his well-being is the first concern here. But – I really thought that we'd get some sort of timeline, even if it was going to be vague. I'm I'm eyeballing this, but it's still about seeing how uh, everything responds right now before he even knows if he's going to be able to come back or if he'll have to shut it down. So all of that's still in limbo, which, of course, is so important to the Canadians and so important to the Coyotes as well, because if Carey Price is in net, they're probably going to win some games simply because he's so good. And will he now, though, after sitting out this long and being out of game action for this extended period with all of the issues he's had off the ace, his injuries, what is Carey Price going to look like that first 
you know, five games back in the net. Will he be Carey Price again? And, and how long will it take him to ramp up to that? Or are they waiting till he ramps up to that before they get him into a game? Or do they even want him in a game because they want to continue to tank and compete with the Coyotes for that that first pick? There's so many variables. And, and I agree with it with everyone here. I, I thought for sure we're going to get, you know, hey, I'm, I'm ready. I'm a few days away or, you know, we're two weeks or some semblance of, hey, where is this thing headed? Um, and it just seems to continue and continue and continue. And I don't know if or when he will play again this season for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, something to keep an eye on for sure. But also just glad to hear he's doing well um, after getting that assistance that he sought out at the beginning of the season um, on the mental side. So great to see that. Um, it, We've said it a few times. It seems like it is just going to be a two-team race at the bottom. Um, Ottawa has 30 points, but they've played five fewer games than the Coyotes. So I think they're not going to be a threat. Um, And then Seattle has 32 points. Um, Not a great season for them, but again, they have more pieces than the Coyotes do, especially after the trade deadline. I just feel like there's no way anyone touches Arizona and Montreal. That's just my feels like a mountain, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And when you say that, when you bring that up too, those are teams that are not going to gut themselves come the trade deadline. Seattle, absolutely not. Ottawa is still rebuilding, but I don't see them losing a lot of pieces at the trade deadline. Arizona and Montreal, absolutely. And I think these are the two teams that's going to come down to two. We wouldn't have picked Montreal in this group probably in the preseason. We talked Buffalo, Seattle, and Ottawa um, in the preseason. So I think we're surprised that it's Montreal. When you look at, at Ottawa and Seattle and Buffalo, all have four wins in their last 10, which is enough to keep you well above the Coyotes if you continue at that pace. Um, I just don't see how this doesn't end up being a two-team race. I saw Sean McIndoe tweet today and it checked the projections that Montreal is on track right now to have the worst record in the cap era and maybe the worst record in Montreal Canadiens franchise history. Wow, <laughs> which for an original six team is exactly. saying quite a bit. A long time. Yeah, so what do they do there? Is there riots in the street? They've changed the general manager. Ducharme is a, is a dead man walking. You yep. think he's out at the end of the year. The GM will bring in his own guy. Um, Weber, Price, I mean, who knows if that era ever returns. They have so many pieces that they need to fix on this team that this may be. I mean, this isn't next year, hey, we're back in the playoffs. This is a this could be a long time for the Montreal Canadiens to get back to the point where they want to be a contender again. Yeah, Brendan Gallagher, too, is another guy that I think about. Will they move him? But these guys have a – you're talking about a lot of term and significant term uh, for uh, both of those players, uh, Carey Price and for Brendan Gallagher. And even for a guy like Jeff Petrie, he's got three more seasons after this season. So – can you even move those pieces? It's, it's going to be really interesting to watch. It might be a really difficult project up there. And Canadians fans do not have patience for this. Yeah, sort of, it's been too I, long already. <laughs> I know. I was going to say at least, you know, Arizona, similar situation, but way less pressure, <laughs> like way less pressure. So I do not envy the management up there. Um, on the flip side of the standing, the Colorado – avalanche um the coyotes play colorado in denver tomorrow night um the avs 
The Avs are 15-0-1 in January, and they've won 18 straight games at home, which set a franchise record. The Avalanche lost fewer times in January than the Denver Broncos, and the Broncos only played two games in January. So just an absolutely incredible feat by the Avs. The only thing the Coyotes got going for him is Nate McKinnon's out. But, yeah. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> yeah, they might – they might need a little more than that. I, I looking at their stats. They haven't lost at home since October. October. They have two regulation losses at home the entire season. Coyotes have lost five regulation games in a row. <laughs> this does not look. This does not look like a good matchup tomorrow night in in Denver. I I, I don't. And I know Scott Wedgwood gets the start tomorrow night. That Craig Morgan reported this morning. I don't know if they put George Vesna in the net tomorrow, if it's going to make a difference. This is going to be a tough, tough, tough game. This team is riding incredibly high because these streaks matter. And when you have 18 games at home, you want to make it 19. Winning produces more winning. These guys are going to be fired up. They want to win. They see the Coyotes. They won't take them lightly tomorrow. They did last week. They yeah. won't tomorrow. That's this what I was going wondering. To be I was ask you that very thing as a coach. Last time the Coyotes came into the building, they took them to extra time. Will will the players even buy into? Hey, you can't take this team lightly because look what happened last time. Or they do they still say, well, it's the Coyotes. It's not going to. That's happen. the film. That 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 is the team meeting tomorrow. You're yeah. you're going back and looking at the chances from that game a week ago and say, look, hey, you guys better start playing at the drop of the puck because. I'd have that score sheet up on the locker room wall. Like, do not take this team lightly. And if, if you look at it, and I'm not trying to take anything away from this team. They are playing unbelievable hockey. But in the last 10, they've played the Coyotes twice, Chicago twice, Buffalo once. I mean, I think maybe even Ottawa once in that 10. So to get the Coyotes to get the Coyotes again three times in their last 11 games, yeah, I don't think they'd take them lightly. And, and I, I would – look at Leah Merrill and maybe open up my DraftKings Sportsbook app for this one tomorrow. Wow, just teeing me up for the ad read. I appreciate it. Well, we know the Coyotes won't be competing for any championships anytime soon, but the Super Bowl is coming up um, for the football teams and um, counting down to Super Bowl 56. DraftKings Sportsbook app is giving new customers who sign up using that promo code PHNX56 to one odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If you're not a new customer, you can experience Super Bowl 56 with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets for the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you win. So be sure to sign up for the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PHNX. Get 56-1 odds. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code PHNX. Um, 21 and over Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details can i have a question craig as, as a reporter and we mentioned the super bowl and leah mentioned this is super bowl 56 why it's 2022 right now why are we still using roman numerals to describe this they put that up on the screen and i go what what super bowl is it leah just told me 56 otherwise i gotta go C V I L. I don't know can we switch it? Is it is it something we can do, or is it just it is set in stone that we have to use Roman numerals when we refer to the Super Bowl? It's tradition, Petey. Let me let me answer your question with another question. Why are we still using a coin flip to decide possession? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> too soon? Yeah. You don't think that's the way to decide an important game like that? Like, what? I'm I'm not even kidding. When Kansas City won the coin flip yesterday, I screamed. Like I was alone in my apartment and I screamed. <laughs> I heard they were talking about doing rock, paper, scissors for the right. Super Bowl. Like, it'd be just as good a method, right? I mean, yeah. actually, that would be more in the hands of the players because at least they get to decide whether they're going to throw out scissors. <laughs> There's some strategy to rock, paper, scissors. Exactly. I mean, not even not yeah. even play, Coach not even kick off. The so we're just going to go. What their trends look like? How many yeah. times have they thrown rock out? <clears throat> just, it was just four out of seven. Whoever does four out of seven wins the game. They don't even have to play any more football because you don't want anybody else to get hurt. Four out of seven rock, paper, scissors, winner, take all. I've tweeted well, this a couple of times, but it's crazy, right? The NBA has a tip off. The NHL has a face off. Major League Baseball, they play. Everybody gets their fair at bats. NFL, duh. Flip a coin. Seriously? I don't know what the football play looks like. Maybe it's like a rugby scrum or something. Do something. Make it a football play to decide possession. For God's sake. Like you so did. Dumb. Like you did in a kid when you were a kid in the gym when you played dodgeball and they put all the red balls lined up in the middle of the gym and, and, you and just they go said go <laughs> and everybody runs for the ball. That'd yeah, be I'm hilarious. Let's, with the ball awesome. at, at the 50 yard line, everybody behind the goal line and say, Mark, it's it, go. And whoever gets the ball gets the ball. I love It'd it. Be more fair. I like it. Let's write a letter to the NFL. I'm sure yeah. they'll consider that offer. Put it on the put it on the table. Oh man. All right. Well, moving on around the NHL. Um Evander Kane um uh, finally found a home in Edmonton um after being released from by the San Jose Sharks. Um, he signed a one-year $2.1 million deal with Edmonton. It includes a no-move clause. Um, he scored in his debut with the team on Saturday. And all of this, of course, after the NHL releasing findings of the investigation into Kane's cross-border travel within the AHL didn't find any uh, evidence of wrongdoing, if you will. Um, thoughts on Evander Kane and Edmonton? Well, there's there's that case that they didn't find any wrongdoing. There's his estranged wife where they didn't find any wrongdoing. And that's a crazy case where there were reports that she faked a pregnancy. And that was a just a bizarre story on both sides. But Evander Kane currently has a sexual assault case in civil trial right now again uh, from a from a Buffalo woman literally in court right now. And when the Oilers addressed this, or more accurately, did not address it, this is all Ken Holland said. I've done my due diligence. I've talked to a lot of people. Certainly, we're trying to win. It's a move to try to make our team better. Okay, thank you for that. Wow, talk about just not addressing an issue at all. And that issue is namely that Evander Kane's a horrible person. And we just put him on our roster because we care more about winning. And Petey and I have been saying this. They're going to sign him. Somebody's going to sign him because he's a really good hockey player. But do you care at all about optics and have you not learned from other mistakes that have been made recently in the NHL? This is a, when you look at Evander Kane, it's not the first time that he screwed up I mean, <laughs> the San Jose mess. I mean, yeah. he, he was having problems in Buffalo and I was there when he got arrested at the draft and there's always this cloud following him. Now, maybe he's matured. Maybe things have changed. You got to give everybody a second chance. I completely agree with that. I do. But if you're an organization that's going through the turmoil that the Edmonton Oilers are going through right now, is this worth it? I, I guess we'll see. The team's won four in a row. They beat their their cross 
province rival in, in the Calgary Flames last week. They're they're two points out of a playoff spot right now, and they're coming up. Now, I, I, I think they'll get a blip in the radar with Evander Kane. I think you'll see a, a little spurt. I think he'll get some points. I think the team will rally uh, around their offensive outburst. I think the Edmonton Oilers in the short term are going to get some wins. Where are they in three weeks? Where are they when, when the story that Craig just talked about becomes a, a bigger deal? Where are they when something else happens? Or when something bad happens in the locker room? They, they have some struggles in the room or they start losing. How, how are those dynamics of the relationships going to get along when things aren't going well? When you win four in a row, everybody's happy-go-lucky and everybody's nice. What happens when you start losing a few more again with him in the room and he starts pointing fingers or they start pointing fingers at him? I've, I've always said if you want <clears throat> to lose and get last – have a difficult locker room, whether it's something at the general manager level or the coaching level, have some kind of chaos in the room that almost guarantees you to lose. I'm concerned where this does to the Edmonton Oilers up to and leading to the playoffs. I don't see it ending well in Edmonton. I don't see, I don't think this team makes the play. Yikes. And they need to make the playoffs. Um, just the expectations placed on them. And also the Evander, I agree with everything you both said. And also, signing Evander Kane does not solve Edmonton's goaltending issues, which to me is the fundament, one of the fundamental issues in Edmonton. So like you've said, it could provide a spark in the short term, but it's not solving any long-term issues. And if anything, it's putting the team at risk to create even more long-term issues. So definitely interesting. Yeah, you know, when you look at the goaltending in the, in the in the four losses that they had, they were averaging five goals against in those four losses and the no, most recent four wins are just over um two like 2.2 goals per game against in those four. So goaltending is the issue. This team can score. They I mean they won the two of those games with three goals. The the um <laughs> their goaltending needs to be better. And I just don't know if if unless unless and I talked about them not making the playoffs, unless at the trade deadline, they pick up a goaltender. If that happens, and maybe it is Marc-Andre Fleury, we've heard those rumors, um, if it is something something in, along those lines where you get a veteran goaltender that's won before, that can win hockey games, that might be enough to propel them into the playoffs. Evander Kane is not enough to get them in. Yeah, I just wonder if Kane is enough to get them to a point where they think, okay, yeah, we can go out and make a trade deadline move now because we might have a chance. We've, we've shored up what was clearly another weakness on this team, their, their wing situation for several years has been subpar, but they, you know, if they, if Vander Kane gives them more scoring, they have a little more scoring depth up front. Maybe they do think that they can go out and get a goaltender and actually be in contention and, and look coming out of that division. It might be possible, right? It, it might, you might have a chance coming out of that division, especially, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Jack Eichel yet. We just don't know what we're going to see from him. If that doesn't work out for any reason, maybe Edmonton can make a deep playoff run if they get a goalie. I don't know. Yeah. So speaking of Jack Eichel, um, he's been skating in a no contact Jersey last three weeks. Um, believe there's not a clear timetable, but when he is ready to come back, Vegas needs to clear $10 million of cap space. No big deal. <laughs> Easy to do. <laughs> yes. What's well, been the issue since the day they, they added him to their roster and they picked him up and they added him to their team. This is going to be, this is going to be how, uh, how, yeah, how are you going to do this? 
I'm sure they have a plan because they wouldn't have made the deal without it. But yeah. But is yeah. that plan, the, the Kucherov plan in Tampa, is it we're just going to wait? We're just going to prolong this injury status? We're just going to put him in the non-contact jersey? We're just going to wait till the regular season's over? And then lo and behold, he's going to be final, add him to our roster. Is that we'll maybe maybe it is the plan? He's coming back in February. I think I, we'll see him in February. Yeah, we've, I've asked a couple of the writers up there, in, and nobody wants to you know say he's definitely coming back. Nobody knows, but... I mean, mid to late February is what everybody seems to think. So, yeah, it's really interesting. Do you what do, what do you have to move off this roster, and how is that going to impact Vegas when it comes to playoff time? When you have to shed that much cap space, the Pacific Division is interesting in Vegas, it's and the Pacific Division is a really interesting division. I think we can all agree it's the weakest division in the NHL. So it's just so interesting to see how things are shaking out, and one of the things that comes to mind in the Pacific division, which is something that Coyotes fans will be curious about Connor Garland's name being mentioned in trade rumors. Craig, what have you heard on that? It's true. <laughs> he is on the block and listen, listen, you have a new general manager who isn't wed to the moves that Jim Benning made. I, I think it's interesting because you look at the play of Connor Garland and even Oliver, Oliver Ekman Larson, they both played well up there this season. You can't really say that those guys haven't played well. OEL's not producing offensively, but he's not in the same situation. So it's not as expected. Although at that price, you would, you would certainly hope you'd have more offense from him, but both players have played well. And I think the fan base is actually okay with those moves. It's just new management. I think looks at it as this thing that locks them into maybe being a bubble playoff team for the foreseeable future because they can't make any moves. They need cap space. So if you want to create cap space, you got to move good players. And that's why I think you're seeing Connor Garland's name on the block. Yeah, I think he's been a, a good offensive addition to that team. You look, he's got 24 points in 39 games. He's fourth in the team in points. Um, he's provided the offense they've asked him to provide. He's given the spark that they've wanted him to provide for that team. Um but again, you get a new general manager that wasn't married to this t project and, and the way it was going to go. Yeah, I, I guess I'm not surprised right now that they might try to shake things up a little bit and see what they can get in return for him. And I, I do think there are teams that are in a playoff push that could use a Connor Garland on their on their roster. There's no question that we all know what kind of a player Connor Garland is. He's an all in guy. He's a max effort guy. He brings it every time he jumps on the ice. And when you're playing a playoff game, that is the kind of effort that you need. Now, is he going to play in a top six on some teams? He might not. He might be a bottom six guy that helps add offense energy and fills a lot of roles. Second, second tier power play guy um, can kind of do a little bit of everything. I think he's an attractive piece because I don't think his, his money is that bad for what he can provide. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if he does get a chance to get out of Vancouver and end up with a different team by yeah, the trade deadline. You look at his underlying numbers, he really drives offense. Um, and that's that's something that people are looking for. If, if he gets dealt, I kind of hope it happens with Boston. I hope he goes back to his hometown team and, and gets a chance to do that. I know he would love to do it. And I, I think he could actually fit on that roster and really maybe allow that team to make Maybe one more run before it's all said and done. I keep saying that about the Bruins, but Patrice Bergeron doesn't seem to age, so he'll <laughs> be around for another 10 years. I don't know, but it'd be and a that's cool a good play. fit. Yeah, I probably. agree with you, Craig. I think he, he and then when we talked about where he would fit on, on that bottom six, especially after they move Pasternak with Hall on that second line, and you could throw Connor Garland in there, maybe with uh, with a Jake DeBrusque. And, and yeah, that's an interesting line. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I, I think it gives them some options. I, 
I don't know. Of course, that's what we do here when we're talking about a podcast is you want to write the Hollywood story. That's the Hollywood story. Yeah, to return home like that. And to go go from Tucson to Vancouver or to Phoenix to Vancouver to Boston is just an unbelievable I'd be really happy for I think he'd really like to put on the Boston Bruins sweater and play for his hometown team because I think that that's the dream of every kid to play for their hometown team. And, and you know what? So we'll romanticize it for the rest of this episode and we'll see. <laughs> Just like we romanticize a lot of things here on the PHNX Coyotes podcast, which is what you have to do when you cover a 31st place team. Um, <laughs> we will be talking more about the all-star game this Saturday. Um, we, we're going to do a live show with Craig on the road in Vegas. So we'll cover everything there, but I just need to, we just need to talk about this because this came out today. Did you guys see the new events that they added to this all-star awesome. game in Las Vegas? Oh my God. For those who don't know, one of them, in the Bellagio fountain. Yep. The other, it's it's playing blackjack with cards, pucks hitting cards, puck shark. I just, I'm obsessed. I love it. Yeah. This is what the all-star game should be. If you're going to have this spectacle, and that's what it is, it's just a money-making spectacle. Just have fun with it. Get creative with it. Get Get crazy with it. Don't don't get wed to oh we have to be you know true to the game. No, just just have fun with it. Make it truly a fan experience and have creative ideas like this. I love all of this. Who cares what you know? They're still going to keep some of the the uh, skills competition things because I think people like that. But you don't have to stay true to the the letter of the sport all the time. You can do fun things like this. And what better place to do it than in Vegas? And, and I, I agree, Craig. I think you, you you nailed it on the head earlier. Just do it every year in Vegas. Just let's just call it. Let's just do Vegas every year. I mean, that's where people want to. It's the playland of America. Let's just go. Let's call it today. We'll do the All Star Game for the NHL every year in Vegas. You know, the weather is going to be good. NHL players are going there anyway. Like yep. if, if on their All Star break, that's where they go. So might as well just put the game there. I I just want to see what what at Craig S Morgan's coverage look like in las vegas like are you sleeping or are we because i are we doing the first podcast at eight in the morning and you're just going all night coverage? well yeah you, we're gonna we're doing the live show from oh, the all-star I'm game just, i'm just going to parties buddy craig well, pitched, craig craig pitched this to Saul as a work trip and, and it's it's just not <laughs> yeah. i'll send you selfies myself yeah. with salons. that's the that's late night party. after party Craig S. Morgan. When, when Craig gets back from Vegas, he's probably going to want to focus on his health. And you guys, we have a new sponsor. Um, our new, our next partner um, is a product that since we got it, I've started to use it every day. Um, I started taking Athletic Greens because I take so many different like supplements every day and it's just so many. And this way I can just do it all at once. So with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and and to help you start your day right. Um, I like to do it when I'm making my coffee and making my breakfast. By the time I get that done, um, then it's time to drink my coffee and start my day. Um, Athletic Greens is a no-brainer. It supports mental clarity and alertness. It's recommended by professional athletes. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving 
you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash coyotes. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash coyotes. Take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I've been taking it every day too, by the way. Thank you, Petey. I appreciate Still the advice. I'm 54. Yeah. You got any, any any advantage you can get at our age, hey, Craig? Are you feeling energy? I'm feeling energy from it. That's what I'm feeling. Yeah. I, I don't know, know about the I hope so. I think it I think it's helping there too, but we don't want to really discuss that on a podcast. That's <laughs> the energy thing. Okay. I just know it's helping my health. So oh man. All right. Well, uh wrapping up something we haven't even touched on, which is funny. There's just been so much going on. Uh, Shane Doan was named as the Olympic team Canada's general manager. Do you guys see Shane Doan in a GM role in the future? Is this something he's always wanted to do? Were you surprised by this announcement? What are your, what are your thoughts? Shane wants to be in management. Absolutely. That's, that's been his goal for a while and he's had several roles now, right? This is not his first role with team Canada. He worked of course for the league and in what he termed as a glorified internship, but he did learn all the different sides of the league, uh, the business sides of the league, which was a great experience. He got to be a part of planning major events. He attended a lot of these things. So he's, he's gathered some really interesting experience over the last several seasons. And yeah, eventually I think he would like to be in a management role for a team. I mean, he's already an executive of sorts with uh, the coyotes, but I think he'd like to have, you know, more of a hands-on role with, with hockey ops and those sorts of things. And one of the things you said, Craig, here is really important. Everybody knows the hockey career that Shane Donehair had in the Valley. And, and there are people that have been in that role that go right from playing right to either, a major management role, a coaching role in those kind of things. I will say this to Shane Doan. He did it the right way. He went and learned. And you brought that up with his experience at the league. He got to see how this all works. He was in high level meetings. He sat with the right hand man of Gary Bettman for years. And he learned how everything works at the league level. Now he's seeing it from the team level. And, and when you look at Hockey Canada and the responsibilities they have given him over the last few years, the Spangler Cup and, and other management opportunities, and now a GM in the Olympics, he's gained all this experience to go on top of his playing career. He's done it from all sides. Absolutely, he is going to have this job at some day. And you know what? He's earned it. Because he's worked hard to get there and he's learned. And I think he's going to be a really good manager. I think I think he sees things in players that other people don't. He sees behind the player. He sees what's part of that player. And I think he, he'll have a, a better idea of how to build that jigsaw puzzle because it's not always just the best players. It's the best players that fit the best. Um, I, I'm excited to see where he goes with his career. Uh, we've said it over and over again. Everybody in this Valley has what a great man he is and what a great person he is. Um, he will take this as far as he wants to take it, but he absolutely just wants to be in charge. And, and I hope that it happens for him someday. You know, the interesting question I have with Shane, and I'm not saying this can't be done. And he's admitted this to me uh, when we've talked about it before is he's so good with people, right? And he, he befriends people. He can connect with anyone when you're a general manager or an executive, you have to make hard personnel decisions that are sometimes unpopular and he cares so much about people. I wonder how he'll balance that when he has to make a tough decision, let somebody yeah, that, or, or deliver a hard message, things like that. I, that I is going to be hard for him. But you, but you believe him and he's a guy you, at least you can trust. And I know if you're going in to make a deal with Shane Doan, 
you're going to trust them or if you're going to sign a contract with them or I, I, if he calls you and sends you down to the minors, he's going to tell you why. I, I think um, you're right. I, I think there will be hard, hard lessons in that role. And every general manager, I'm sure, has to face those. I don't know what they are, but to look a kid in the eye and tell him you're, you're moving or traded or, or whatever that is, I, I'm difficult jobs ahead for Shane Dome, but he can handle it. He, he's a great hockey guy. And you look at the roster he's put together for this Hockey Canada for the Olympics, I, I have no idea what to expect from this tournament. Absolutely zero idea. I don't know who the favorite is. I don't know if can USA win. Is I, I have no idea. You look <laughs> I don't at the know rosters either. and you have Jason Demers is on the Canadian Olympic team. Couldn't get a job with the Coyotes. He's on the Olympic team. On that note, and by the way, has Vegas said anything about like how does Vegas figure this out? They're they're always so good at this. They're gonna lay odds on this and they're probably gonna be close to right. But on the, on the topic of Jason Demers, uh, I can say this now. He's going to be writing something for us off of his uh, Olympic experience now because it's China and connecting to different uh, sites or really connecting to technology. China might be frowned on a little bit by the players over there. It might be something where he does something after the Olympic experience. I think what he's going to do is write a journal for us. But it's going to be JD, so it's going to be his personality, and I can't wait to see what he produces. The only thing I begged him to do is just be yourself, because that'll be the easiest selling point for whatever you write. That's for, awesome. For when you say for us, you mean for PHNX? PHNX, or? yeah. Oh, wow, that's Demers awesome. Diary? That's breaking news right there, Craig Morgan. That'd be cool. That well, is that's very a podcast cool. I want to listen to the Jason Demers Olympic Diary. Yeah, do you think he would talk to us when he gets back to tell us about Absolutely. his Olympic experience? Absolutely. All right. Well, stay tuned for that. Um, there's actually a few former Coyotes who you may recognize in the Olympics. Um, Tobias Reeder is one. Um, Andy Mealy is another. Is there anyone else I'm missing? I kind of scanned through the rosters just trying to pick out names, but looking at Daniel rosters Winnick? of players you don't know well is very mm. interesting. Daniel Winnick, former Coyote. Yeah, there's another former Coyote on Team Canada, too. That's I'm trying to, I'm blanking right now, but it's a teammate of, uh, Demers in in Russia right now, so there are there are little there are former Coyotes all over. Uh, Mikhail Bodker is in this tournament. Oh uh, yeah, we, we we probably should put together a comprehensive list when the Olympics starts so that we can show people all of that. We'll have to do some homework. Yes, for sure. Um, and also just some Arizona ties. Um, Matthew Nyes, who's an Arizona native, um, is going to be playing on Team USA. Um, and also for, for ASU, they have their first Olympic hockey player representative. Um, Peter Zhang, is that how you say his last name, is going to be representing Team China. So really great to see some Arizona representation um, in Beijing in just a couple weeks here. Matthew Nye's another, uh, oh, he got drafted by a Canadian team, didn't he, Leah? Yes, they, the Canadian team that steals all of the Arizona natives. Yeah, just in a, re, in a reverse version of my life, the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> But um, will be interesting to follow the Olympics. Like we said, not, you know, not having NHL players. It's always interesting to see. I personally am really excited about the women's games um, in the Olympics. So we'll be, we'll be checking in on the, on the Olympics as they go on. And the Coyotes, of course, in that period, will have a week off. So I'm sure we'll have a show or two dedicated to that. Um, before we wrap up, just want to remind everyone, if you haven't become a member at gophnx.com, do so. And just like Craig teased, Jason Demers is going to be writing for gophnx.com. So 
um, become a member now. So when he does that, you'll be able to read it first. You can have access to all of the great stories on gophnx.com from our writers across all of our beats. Uh, members also get weekly deals on merchandise in the PHNX locker. Um, you don't have to become a member to check out the locker though. So be sure to see all of the incredible shirts in there. There's sticker packs, um, hats coming soon. We are going to petition for some sweaters down the road. That is not a promise. That is just me inserting that opinion um, into that. But be sure to become a member. Oh, beanies. beanies. We, we do beanies. need beanies. Jordan Wheel is the player, by the way, that I was trying to think of. Oh, yeah. Yep. And Brandon Gormley. Brandon Gormley, that's right. Yes, we will put together this list and then you will you can find it on gophnx.com if you become a member there. <laughs> Wrapping up um, my read there. You guys, is there anything else around the NHL with the Coyotes? Anything that we didn't touch on today that you want to squeeze in before we head out here? They're sitting on this losing streak and they're going in to play Colorado and Calgary, I don't think it gets easier, and then they're going to get a much-deserved week off. Um, I don't know if they're a week off from practice, but they get a week off from games. So hopefully they can re-energize and get back at it in the second half after the All-Star break. Craig, anything to add? Nope. <laughs> See you in Vegas, Craig? Take my head. See you in Vegas, well, Vegas. Yes, and we will be back. Uh, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow, probably. <laughs> yeah, so, we, so oh, by the way, um, go if you haven't already. Um, there's a Twitter poll out right now, at PHNX underscore Coyotes. We, we heard what everyone's choices, what they had to say. There were so many. Thank you to everyone who replied. Um, we compiled the ones with the most mentions. Um, so go ahead over to PHNX underscore Coyotes on Twitter and vote which IPA should Craig drink. And yes, he will be drinking the entire thing. Um, so make sure you vote. We will be doing that next time we are in the studio. So you don't want to miss that. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel, PHNX Sports, so you never miss that. And also any of our post-game shows or at other live shows as well. Um, follow us over at PHNX underscore Coyotes on Twitter. We're back tomorrow night for our post-game show um, pack therapy <laughs> after the Colorado Avalanche game. Craig, what, what do you have to Santan add? And Moon Juice Galactic is winning the poll right now. All right. What that is, but I know where Santan Brewery is, so we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah, see how- quite a few local votes as well. So mm-hmm. um, we'll be interested. And, and I, I, will dr- I will take one for the team, Craig, and I will also drink the IPA alongside of you. I'm- Count me in. Right. <laughs> yeah, PD's yeah. against yeah. his will. Yeah. <laughs> well, our, our listeners are going to be probably going to be angry about this, that you guys are supporting me. They'll want me to suffer on my own. But thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> We're a team, so, Craig. One pack, Craig, one pack. <laughs> if we get a six pack, then we all have to drink two so we can finish I'll it. I'll have Craig's uh, second one. <laughs> so I can, I'll do Oh, there's the Street Racer gang at the end, right at the end. All right, that's the time to wrap it up. Um, Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review, and we will see everyone tomorrow night after the game. Have a great rest of your day, everyone.